Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out with me and Sherelle. So because we're releasing this episode on the 5th of March and we've got International Women's Day just around the corner on the 8th, we thought we would focus on their theme for this year. So if you don't know, on an International Women's Day, day each year they set a different theme and um we always choose to to look at the theme don't we Sherelle and discuss what is being considered on that day yes we do always have a look at the theme because I think whilst both of us would say like we're all for supporting women they obviously International Women's Day like sometimes the talks and the activities and the events that happen across like the world can be uh quite like generalized and we can go back into the usual patterns but normally I think by us looking at the theme it forces us to like think about it in a slightly different angle rather than just like resting on our like mm. own natural habits of how we think about we could be supporting women. Yeah, definitely. So the theme this year is choose to challenge. Um, and International Women's Day have described this as a challenged world is an alert world. Individually, we're all responsible for our own thoughts and actions all day, every day. We can we can all choose to challenge and call out gender bias and inequality. We can all choose to seek out and celebrate women's achievements. Collectively, we can all help create an inclusive world from challenge comes change so let's all choose to challenge so we kind of we had a little chat didn't we about our interpretation of of what this sort of means because they (laughs) they can be quite abstract these themes can't they yeah and I think they're abstract I suppose in a reason because they want to be able to let an individual find out how they relate to it and obviously that has to appeal to so many it has to be not appeal but work for so many people but yet sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be just a little bit hard to actually get your head around it yeah yeah no definitely so I suppose um I think this just in me sparked up a lot of things that I've seen recently where people have chosen to challenge let's say the norm or how we've been raised or what we believe society just is without questioning it um you know there's a lot of discussion around the sort of patriarchy and and the way that the world has been created with um things like capitalism and you know white supremacy and and all those aspects of things Um, and it's really interesting to sort of delve in a little bit to see individual stories of where people have challenged um and I've written down a few examples some are gender kind of equality and some are um more looking at you know race and and sexuality um but I just thought it was a nice opportunity to share them with you and for you to kind of have a think about them and and think about where you've seen people challenge as well and then consider have I challenged myself like is that a forum where I have um stood up for something that um needs me to stand up or is that something that maybe is you know a vision of mine that I would like to start doing that um so I think first of all one something that I heard on a podcast that really hit me um it was Jamelia Jamil and um you know 
I am very, with the work that I do and who I am, I'm very kind of aware and interested in social change and social justice. But I also um, have challenges with my mental health. So sometimes I feel like I need to stand up, but I also just barely have the enough energy to kind of help me get through a day and there's a guilt around that you think oh my gosh there's all these people in so much pain there's so much inequality um I'm here with my white privilege and I can't stand up and be an ally but Jamila Jamil says something really that important to me and just that you know you have to put yourself first in this and, and make yourself strong enough so you can then be the best ally um, possible or you know be the best challenger possible um, and it's not being lazy or ignorant or shying away from an issue it's just really checking in with yourself because the thing is if you challenge something and I'm really thinking about social media here but this can also be brought into um, a family dinner yeah. or um, drinks with friends let's pretend we're not in COVID and everything's normal you know anything like that it can be brought into that but if you say oh um, actually I don't agree with that because dot 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 or have you considered this or whatever you are going to have to then deal with the backlash to that and sometimes we just cannot handle that. And I've seen it happen on social media and it's horrible to watch. And you can see that that person just wasn't in the place to deal with all that stuff. Yeah, it's and I, horrible. I think, and I think you're right in terms of we, you know, we say it often about we have to look after ourselves, like we have to look after ourselves. We can only be great for our friends, our family, our community, the rest of the world when we're in a good place. And I think it's a nice, just, just before we start, because I think some of the examples we've got can be quite like extreme or they have mm. meant that it puts you, you know, challenging does put you in a spotlight in some way, shape or form. And like you said, you do need to be able to feel that you can deal with that. And if you aren't in the right place to do that, then you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Like at the end of the day, like everyone does need to look after themselves and their mental health first. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that kind of leads me on to the first example, which randomly was a girl who went to my school and I only <laughs> connected these two things recently. But um, it was basically a London receptionist um, who was sent home from work after refusing to wear high heels. Um, so um, she was working for PwC um, and she was told she had to wear shoes with a two to four inch heel, which is just ridiculous. ridiculous. I can't remember the last time I wore a heel. Um, and when she refused and complained, male colleagues um, were not asked to do the same. She was sent home without pay. So it's interesting, isn't it? Like we have been raised in a world where women wear high heels, men don't in the general mass, you know, market element of things. Um, and yeah, it's, and it, and it's, and we just go along with it. We go as women, we see these beautiful women wear heels, there's heels on the catwalks. We hear things where men say, oh, I love a woman in heels. And all these things are kind of put into our minds. And we we never stop to think, well, why do we wear them and men don't? You know, um, and it's not like men can't. You know, obviously the amazing drag queens will wear heels and oh, yeah. they're built to hold a man's weight and things like that. So why is it? And um, I think it takes a lot of guts to, especially with a firm like that, to stand up and be like, hold on, you know, and, and this is something that 
when it comes to gender equality that I have started asking a lot more and I would encourage you to if something's asked of you or something's said and it triggers you somewhere and you're not sure why just think would that be asked to a man mm. you know is it because I'm a woman I'm being asked that you know things like in job interviews you know would they ask you um oh are you thinking of having children soon or something like that I don't think they would ever, ever ask a man that question, but they're but asking think, you because they don't want you to go on maternity leave. <laughs> but I think they're not allowed to ask it. And I'm pretty sure you're not allowed no. to ask it for exactly that reason. Mm. But I remember when this case came out and it was in the media and I definitely have, um, remember having conversations with some friends who worked for big firms around also the requirements for makeup. So I had one friend who worked for Virgin um, and she wasn't a cabin crew. She was just in the um, like in the lounge. So she was okay. like in like actually even like Gatwick or Heathrow. But even they have rules on actually like what your face, what your nails are meant to be mm. like. And that's like an industry. Like you can think of cabin crews. We know what we all look like, and it's that idea of what a woman looks like to be polished. Mm. And polished means this is what your hair needs to look like. This is what your face needs to be like this with nails and the heels obviously is often a common one but also when that uh story came out about the heels I remember there was also a thing around there was someone else that was on the uh going to a red carpet event I can't think who it was and they were like basically wanted to a flats and everyone was like we're not going to let you in <laughs> and it was this idea like why are we forcing women like that that's part of the dress code like in no environment should that be like required Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you've actually just reminded me. I went to a club in India, and I was wearing um saltwater sandals, so really, you know, beautifully made, you know, not not flip flops or anything like beautiful leather sandals. And the bouncer's like, "No, you can't go. You, no, they're flat." Mm. And I was like, "What?" Like it was just it. It is just so interesting. So, yeah, I think a really good example um of sort of gender equality there and and the you know the laws are changing the laws have changed and this is because she chose to challenge Mm. you know so um yeah um and then I suppose uh another example that is quite close to home for me that I've been watching evolve really um is a social media account um, called, well, it's it's more than that. It's an initiative book called Anti-Racist Cumbria. It's actually run by two women who have a PR firm in the in the Lake District, but that just makes them good at what they do. It's mm-hmm. it's not they're not trying to they don't attach the PR firm to um, Anti-Racist Cumbria. And so it's a bit like me and Yushwell. One woman is white and one woman is black, um, and so um, they keep discussing sort of issues that are coming up within the county and just if you don't know from my own personal opinion Cumbria is a very white county very rarely see a person of color in Cumbria um and so I do feel we're quite sheltered sometimes from um the beautiful melting pot that our country is and 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 wider um and it was just really interesting one of the one of the best examples I can give was there was a, a magazine, um, a fitness magazine that um, asked um, a black woman's group for um, tips for for walking. So, um, so she provided them, and they even mentioned the black woman's group in the um, 
the Instagram post that they did and then they used a picture of a white woman in the photo and it was just like you know anti-racist Cumbria kind of stood up and said no no this is why black women feel that they don't belong in the outdoors that they don't belong going on you know trek walking or whatever because you're not representing them and this is a black woman who has given you this information and it was a really powerful example you know of yeah of just ignorance there and and you know we've spoken before about the the likelihood is that person wanted a stock photo it's easier to find a stock photo probably of a white woman walking in the countryside Mm -hmm. but like you said if you've gone to all that effort to actually try and find a black woman to be able to do that conversation yeah it would feel like if that had happened to me and then I looked at the final article and it's a white woman that the picture is of it would feel Mm -hmm. one as if why did you even ask me in the first place but yeah as you said not fulfilling the purpose so it it's great to see that anti-racist Cumbria stood up to that because also it can be difficult sometimes as you as the individual to be able to challenge it because people you know it it's sometimes it can be easier for someone else to challenge what's happening than it is for you yeah yeah definitely and this is I think where we come on to the important area of allies um I think it's a word that's probably so it feels like it's been overused but only because we're just in this period of history where it needs to be overused because it's coming into play so much and um you know it's it's being a an ally in in supporting people where they do not have equal rights to you um or to others and you witnessing that and you know, um, I think, for example, us having this podcast, me as a white woman, you as a, a black woman, and then me as a queer woman, you as a straight woman, like, you know that I am an ally to you as a black woman, and I know you're my ally as a queer woman. Yeah. And it's, that's needed. That's why this sort of um, diversity within friendship groups, within connections, within relationships is so important because, that allows us to grow together um, and support each other. And um, I think feel stronger as well. Like I know that you have my back when it comes to queer issues. If I want to talk about it, it's not just people won't listen to this podcast and think, Oh yeah. Queer woman moaning about how like there's no representation on what, whatever, because you're holding, you're helping me hold that space. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I think allies is a really, really important subject when it comes to choosing to challenge. Yeah, and I think personally having, I think there's also something that it is easier, it's like me to stand up, to, like there were multiple reasons why I have to stand up for myself and challenge, like from a racial perspective, from a class perspective, from a gender, but I can still, so I can understand what it's like for me to stand up for myself, but sometimes it still definitely is easier for me to stand up around issues to do with sexuality because I can challenge another heterosexual heterosexual person that's making something that I think is offensive or saying something that is wrong mm. because it's not about me and as someone actually as a like as a teenager I had a lot of um probably would have been like white middle class gay men as best friends and I think there was one of the reasons we had this like real close relationship was it was this idea of like actually their like the disjustice that they had were facing as a gay man versus me as a black woman 
it's like we could mm. have each other's back but also have those conversations with other people and like we filled in the gaps of each other to be able to have those conversations and we both felt like we were being um, treated wrongly at times but because it was for different reasons we could support yeah. each other and have each other's back yeah no definitely and I think um yeah I think it's it's just um it for people who want to be an ally it's just to make sure that we're not using that word because we feel we should be an ally Mm -hmm. or we feel that that's what the world is asking of us it's to really make sure that we are doing that um and it can be hard it can be hard to and going back to the examples you know seeing something on social media and calling someone out you know I've done that and I've been bashed for it both for race and also for um, queerness and it was much easier for me to be an ally for race because I do I am a white woman Mm -hmm. than it was to stand up for being a queer woman you know I there was a conversation around um, a woman posted about the word faggot being used in the um, fairy tale of New York when that was all discussed at Christmas and Radio 1 decided to replace the lyrics because faggot was derogatory to gay men and um, she basically made this Facebook post that was about um, oh they need to get over it like I've been singing this lyric for years you know and I and I kind of said it's not really your um, place to tell them to get over it if someone's offended by something someone's offended by something that's kind of it you know mm-hmm. it's not being a snowflake it's not being a millennial it's just that is that is what's offended you and and it's respecting that and also the concern I had around how what why it was so difficult to sing a different word mm. when the other word wouldn't hurt or harm or offend anyone whereas this other one could um and yeah I felt less in power because I was a queer woman so I felt like I was being defensive even though as a queer woman that word isn't offensive to me it's Mm. it's particularly gay men it was just really interesting being an ally in different ways yeah I think that you we use the word defensive is absolutely like the root of it because I think that is the same reason why I would say sometimes it's hard particularly what I'm thinking of now is in like the workplace so for me sometimes the challenge is around race because Mm. I would feel as if I'm being viewed as defensive yeah yeah and it's oh it's horrible isn't it like and I think coming back to this ally it's it's sort of like you need people sat around the table who will be the ones that then step in and go no like you can't say that or no we 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 need to think about this differently or um it's it's really but I think going back to what I was saying you know it's if you want to be an ally really thinking okay how am I being an ally and referring back to the start of the podcast you know if your bigot of an uncle is saying something really nasty around a family dinner table and you really desperately want to say something but you just know it will cause so much outcry and emotional stress and you're not ready for that then you know we like that's understandable but if you feel that okay this is it I'm done now like I need to stand up for this whatever that is then it's just having that awareness to recognize those moments when it it is time to challenge yeah. and choosing to do that, I suppose. 
Yeah, and I think like that's probably one of the things that I, I personally would say about challenges. Depending on the situation, it can be very different. So just because now I actually have thought about being in the workplace and I can understand actually some of the difficulties that like women in particular, when, because of like the work I've done in previous years where I've, you know, I've worked with people who have been in a massively male industries and therefore mm. the, some of the things they need to challenge are really difficult. But they also know like, that is going to impact like their promotions. That is going to impact the next time they try and go and have a pay discussion. Like there was, like there are so many repercussions. So I don't yeah. think it's you know we totally understand this idea that it's not always as easy as just International Women's Day to say challenge everything. Um, mm. Like actually there is repercussions and there is there is an impact and unfortunately there is a lot of politics in the world that happens and we are all of us to try and navigate it to the best way possible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think, and it's, it's, I'm, I'm just thinking then you said about workplace and I'm thinking about how we've lost those real life connections, you know, maybe we did have allies in the workplace and now on Zoom, that potency maybe is, is gone a bit. I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear off anyone if these, you know, if the same things have still been happening where you felt you were being discriminated against or whatever and you've still had that same support from colleagues or or whatnot um we're just living in such a different world now aren't we and I think um you know coming back to, to social media um it's it's so we probably see many things each day that trigger us and that we don't agree with and that we feel people should be um pulled up on however we've had this discussion before when we had our guests talking about the social dilemma we are also so used to our own feeds now that probably feed us the information that we agree with we believe in and so we forget that there are so many things that need to be challenged out there because we're sheltered in a sense because of the algorithms on social media yeah we are definitely massively sheltered and I think in terms of workplace the difference is there isn't any of those water cooler moments there isn't any of those we're not having the chit chat at the beginning of a big meeting mm. um, and I think like some of the issues that I've probably experienced in in the workplace it's not necessarily someone saying it's the passing moments where things are said that are inappropriate for example rather than mm-hmm. in a meeting and the moment we're not having those passing moments in an office or we're not having someone drunk <laughs> at a party that makes do you know what I mean that's like <laughs> I was like drunk in the office where do you work <laughs> no but you know it, it's it's the more informal situations where I think actually yeah. in many ways some of the true uh the true parts of people come out and that's where some of the like things get said on passing like passing comments, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Oh, totally. Those little jokes, those little murmurs or, you know, the gossip, the water cooler gossip or whatever it may be. Yeah, 100%. We've we've kind of lost it. I mean, Zoom calls are literally like, hey, hey, you okay? Yeah, right, straight <laughs> into the meeting, you know. And um, yeah, it's, no, it's it's completely true. And I wonder, obviously, you know, we've, we've just, when we're recording this, we've had the news that the UK well it's apparently going to be back to normal by summer we'll see (laughs) but you know I wonder how that's gonna if we're going to go back to that and maybe are you a different person to think okay I'm going to check if that happens again I'm going to challenge this from Mm. now on um or maybe someone's coming to mind maybe you think the way they speak about that person is terrible or the way that they comment on this particular issue that I know bothers them is bad like I need to say something um and so it's just really this episode is to try and um 
you know, share our experiences with you, but to help you think, okay, where, where can I choose to challenge? You know, what am I experiencing and where can I come into play with that? Um, another a really profound sort of example for me that um, I, I follow on Instagram. Um, she is a, a trans woman called Munro Bergdorf. Um, and she was um, part of uh, L'Oreal, um, sort of a, a campaign that they did in, in 2017. And she was sacked um, because she posted about the racial violence of white people. So she basically discussed about white supremacy. Um, and she, um, in 2020, criticized L'Oreal after it posted a support message for Black Lives Matter, um, saying that the brand threw her to the wolves when it fired her. So there, there's examples of conflicting messages. So, um, and I've seen this quite a lot where a brand will be like, you know, we support gay pride. And then it's like, well, how? <laughs> like you, you've put a rainbow on your website. Like, great. Well done. What are you actually doing? Are you actually helping people who are gay in that community? And it's a bit similar with L'Oreal. Like they wanted the to see that they were an ally of Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter. But when they um had someone speak up for that subject a few years ago, they sacked them. Yeah. So she was actually reinstated into L'Oreal um, and she has joined their UK Diversity and Inclusion Advisory Board. And I think it's a hard story to read and it's horrible for her to have been through this, but that shows progress, mm -hmm. I hope only because she chose to challenge. Yeah. She chose to stand up and say those things she said, knowing full well it would probably get her sacked. Yeah. But she couldn't help it because it meant so much to her and it had to be said. But also it's the fact that she challenged realistically twice because so once she did what, what she felt was right in terms of actually mm. saying, like speaking about the issue, but the second is, you know, Look out, I'm not being funny. I think a lot of companies last year jumped on the Black Lives Matter bandwagon with oh, yeah. very little to reinforce enforce it. But not everyone got called out. So actually the fact even that she decided, even though having previously got like just like dropped from the company, was like, no, actually, I'm I'm going to challenge you and say, I don't believe you are making this from an honest position because I know what's happened to me in the past. And don't get me wrong, I think we have to be aware that companies can change. I think um, there will be some companies who in previous years didn't think issues to do with gender, race, sexuality were important. And now are probably like some of those changes have been made, but then there also mm -hmm. are many companies that are totally not honest and being authentic and they're just jumping on it because now they're getting pressurized from other people to feel like they need to be seen to be supportive. Oh yeah, yeah, completely. It's like that that tick in a box, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, if we don't support it, then we're racist, so we'll have to support it. Yeah, and, but and because it's like what else are you doing? I know, and because it's like International Women's Day, like one of my, you know, my biggest thing from a company perspective when I think about these choices is like, is challenging actually what's happened in their company. Like, you know, I have, I have gone for jobs where I have actually looked at like what their pay, their gender pay gap is. And I brought that up in interviews because I'm like, mm. like actually what are you doing about this? Like you're saying you like, are supportive. I am a woman sitting here. That's like, if I'm going to start investing in this company, what are you actually doing for women mm -hmm. um, to be rectifying these things? Because a lot of companies 
in a way, actually, there's some stuff about gender now that because it's not always, I would probably say it's not top of top of mind to the same degree. Like actually, you know, the zeitgeist things are more on race and sexuality than on gender. But mm-hmm. now sometimes people think, well, you know, women's issues aren't necessarily like as important anymore. But they're for so many companies, they're still so important. Like the gender pay gap is still a massive, massive issue yeah. um, in countries across the world. And it's something that I'm really passionate about in terms of being like every single pound a woman earns like less in her salary isn't just about her salary. It impacts the mortgage she can get, it impacts how much she can invest, like what she's going to get in her pension. Like there's so many implications from just not paying someone their, what they deserve in the first place. Um, and there are loads of companies that are, are just really massively ignoring it and not doing anything to address it. Yeah, and I think kind of, you know, to to just add on to that obviously there's a stigma about talking about money there's a stigma about women and money so you know it's it's a very weird thing and this is going back to the allies why this is so important um and this has been shown in certain films where the male actors have said yes you have to pay her the same as me otherwise I'm not doing this film mm-hmm. and you know it's very easy for us to go oh well done aren't you great but every male should be doing that and this is what I suppose this choose to challenge if we have any males listening but as a woman you know say say I'm going for a marketing manager job it's very hard for me to go "Eh, excuse me are you going to pay me the same as the guy who has the same amount of experience as me Mm. you know it's not something I can easily say with confidence and um without feeling oh gosh what am I doing like you know like is this out of order? Like, should I do this? It's much easier for that man to say, can I just check that you're going to be paying this woman with the same experience, the same amount as me? And so this is where these conversations need to start happening, isn't it? That it's just think about the person who is being compromised and think, can I do something to support that person in gaining information or insight or whatever? And another real example of like asking and how that can just help force companies to realise they need to take things seriously was I was talking to someone recently who'd asked to be in a panel and they asked to know like who else was in this panel first in terms of understanding the diversity and there had been there was an example last year I can't remember what it was of like this marketing conference and it was like the speakers was literally just like why it was so white and it was so male dominated there was like a few women but it was so white men and it was like some someone was like, well, you know, when I signed up, I didn't know. And it's like, yeah, okay, this is the, this is the point. We need to actually all get into the habit that if we are given opportunities, like, well, who will who? What does the rest of the panel look like? Are, are yeah. we making this diverse from a proper perspective, or have you just gone out and yeah, you've just asked ten men when you never should have done that in the first place? Yeah. Oh gosh, uh, so much of it is happening. There's there's something quite big in the luxury world at the minute. The, it was these awards, and everyone was white. Everybody. There may have been a couple um, of people who were maybe Middle Eastern, but everyone, um, you know, appeared to be to be white. And um, it's interesting. So just to give it as an example, because. I didn't know how to challenge that because it's so much bigger than me. It's like, that's not necessarily because they've chosen white people to win the awards. It's because the industry is white. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
so, you know, the people at that top level of luxury industry are white predominantly. So it's like, well, how? And so this is what we're trying to say. This isn't like, OK, now you need to go out and be an activist every second of every day. But it's just sort of being aware of that. And now I'm like, it's there, it's in my head. And I'm like, if something comes up around that, that I feel like I have the power to do something about, then I will. Um, and yeah, it was just interesting to observe that. But I also felt like I was like, I don't know what to do about, <laughs> you know, it's just so much bigger than me. Yeah, it's massively um, bigger than you. And, you know, that's pretty yeah. similar to my experiences, like having worked in ballet, you know, <laughs> I was very, it's very obvious that it was mm. a very, very white centric across all of the companies, both on the stage and behind the stage, all the people like every department. And I was like, and oh, that's not going to change. So like you said, if we, I'm not going to change that internally in a minute. Like there's organisational cultural things that are going to be bigger than us. Like there is absolutely, like there are times when you're not going to be able to change it. But I think this awareness and um, where we can challenge, start to talk about it. And even if that's just having more discussions just to bring to people's awareness. Like, I think, because in sometimes, like, that's the thing I think about the panel thing that's an interesting one is just actually so often people just agree to something and they've never even thought about who else is on it until the moment they turn up, until it happens. But this idea yeah. of actually, imagine if we just were a little bit more forward thinking and just asked at the time of being asked, oh yeah, like, I'm really excited about this. Like, I'd love to know, like, you know, who else have you approached? What does that diversity look like? It's just, yeah. if we start having those conversations, it will become part of a normal process. Well, yeah, because if you ask, then that person next time will be like, oh, right, okay, I need to try and make sure this panel is as representative as possible, you know, and it may just not have been something on their, on their yeah. mind before. And it may not end up being representative. And this is like one of the things I'm, you know, I'm quite honest about, which is sometimes as someone organising something, like you said with the luxury, there might not have been actually anyone who wasn't white to be able to be put forward for that award because of the, because of the level of job or position that person is being. And that can happen with like panels. It can be that actually due to all this, the economical the situations going on in the world, we don't actually have the right candidates. But at least if you've actively gone out there and tried mm. and then it's not worked mm -hmm. fine rather than it's yeah. been a default position yeah and I think uh, just a, a quick to kind of finish on example of of the frustration and, and shock of something like that is was it the Emmys recently the nominations there um was it the Emmys I don't know where, I, just, I can't remember <laughs> um I'll just have a look but it was basically where I think they showed like 45 nominations of women and I think there were two black women now, I know I've watched a lot more than two black women be exceptional mm -hmm. act actors on screen who deserve yeah. to be nominated. And, you know, then you get into the the conversation, don't you, of, um, well, it's, you know, choosing the people who deserve those awards most and to be nominated. Um, but I just find it very hard to believe that because the people are there, that's what we were saying yeah. when we were about the panel, you know, you can't create a diverse panel if there's not a diverse industry mm -hmm. but acting is it's yeah. beautifully diverse and it's getting more and more diverse every day so to have that lack of representation and something that is so global so worldwide and and so you know fundamental to that industry um that's where the issues lie um so yeah I think it's um interesting to just just awareness 
like consider um you know choose to challenge is, is the theme of international women's day um obviously their focus is on gender equality and i know we spoke about some other equalities but i feel that everything is equally important at the minute um and it's just really for us to say to you like just have a think like where could you challenge and this may not be challenging right now right this moment today but just start building up that awareness of what's happening around particular issues you know who who is around you who is being um I suppose discriminated against or something negative is, is happening and you could maybe stand up for them or say something um and just really kind of putting your headspace into that I suppose yeah I mean I absolutely agree with you I think and I think you know we haven't spoken about women but that's because women as a women cross over everything else (laughs) you can be a white woman a black woman an Asian woman a a queer woman like there are so many different iterations that actually just to think of women as one section doesn't apply anyway and this is the whole point we all have very different stories we are our social demographical it all collides and it all mingle mangles together and makes us mm. so these are issues that do impact other things and actually choose to challenge in a way it's once we start to challenge about um gender issues it will also start to make it more acceptable i think just to challenge to start challenging everything and it's because yeah. we just need to be more open about thinking like i think going back to what Reggie said at the beginning this idea that just because this is the way it's always been doesn't mean it's the way it should be and what Mm -hmm. are those norms that need to be challenged yeah definitely so reach out let us know um if there's something that you've chosen to challenge if there's something you've challenged in the past if there's something that you would love to challenge but you just need to build up your awareness maybe your education around the subject maybe just your own personal you know strength and confidence um we'd love to know so you can contact us at free and figuring it out at gmail.com or we are on facebook and instagram at free and figuring it out have a beautiful international women's day and we will see you next week thank you so much for listening to this episode of free and figuring it out don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment and if you want to be a superstar please leave us a review or you can get in touch with us drop us an email at free and figuring it out at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you until next time